This call is being recorded. Hello and welcome to episode seven of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. I am Dr. Physical Therapy Brandon Bowers and joining me as always is Dr. Physical Therapy Drew Ingalls. Uh, he's up in the state of Michigan and I'm down here in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, Drew, it's nice to hear to get back on a semi-regular routine talking about some baseball injuries. Uh, how you been? Been good. Been good. Slowly seeing the Tigers fade away. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose we, we couldn't have expected that uh, second place run to, to last for too terribly long. But uh, I mean, we still got about half the year left. So I mean, not all is lost quite yet. Yeah, and we could take three games uh, this weekend series. That's right. You guys are uh, out playing my boys out in Cleveland. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We just we just tossed Kluber <laughs> on Wednesday. So you guys are, are lucky you're going to miss him. But the rest of our rotation is pretty solid. So It'll be interesting to see how things play out. All right. Uh, We're going to kick things off here with a a pretty major injury, Drew. Uh, The sensation from overseas, Shohei Otane with with the Angels. At the beginning of the season, there was some concern about his ulnar collateral ligament in his pitching elbow, and that's proved here kind of to rear its ugly head, and he's been diagnosed with a grade 2 ulnar collateral ligament sprain. Drew, what can you tell us? Yeah, Brandon, uh, you know, in between the two injuries, he also was dealing with a blister problem and he had to skip a start. But then, like you mentioned, at UCL uh, found a a new partial tear. So they uh, did PRP initially back in the spring. Now they're doing PRP plus stem cells. Uh, This is June 8th. So we are, what, three weeks, two two weeks or so beyond that. Pedro Gomez, he seems to think that uh, he's destined for surgery, but the Angels are kind of waiting and waiting and playing it by ear. I think they're going to give it another two weeks and kind of see where he progresses. Right now, he's doing some rehab. Uh, he's doing one-arm swings. He's running, strengthening. Um, looks to try. Uh, he's going to look to try a throwing program at the end of the month, depending on how symptoms are and and how it's feeling. Depending on if they opt for surgery, um, if they don't opt for surgery, he might just DH for a while and hit as long as he's pain-free. If they uh, want to wait, it might be you know another two or three months, depending on uh, how he progresses with his throwing program. If they opt for surgery, that means he's done for the year and most of next year. He might not be back till about the All-Star break if they opt for surgery. Yeah, Drew, how, how, how do you think this plays out? Well, I kind of think the Angels want to see where they're at right now in relationship to the rest of the AL West. I think they're like nine and a half games out. Depending if they can make a little run to make things interesting, they might hold out and see where it goes. You know, if, if they're really going on a losing streak and they seem to be kind of out of it, they might just shut it down and wait till next year. Um, I, I think I saw a tweet from you showing some statistics with players who opted to wait and do stem cells plus PRP, and the results didn't seem so hot. So, you know, it's easy to say that, uh, you know, based on those trends, you should just opt for surgery. But I think that they want to wait this thing out. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting. And like you said, Drew, kind of talking about that tweet, I mean, there have been some guys who they've managed conservatively with the stem cell and the PRP, and the results have really been hit or miss. I mean, there's some guys who have been okay, 
and maybe not have haven't been able to get quite back to their their pre-injury level. And there's some guys that tried the stem cells and the PRP, and it, it didn't turn out too well, and they ended up having to have the surgery. So, mm-hmm. and, I mean, as you know, in our profession, we try the most conservative route first, uh, and then go from there. So, I'm not too terribly os- optimistic here for Otani. It's it's, it's a, a shame uh, he came to the U.S. Yeah. here as kind of a superstar, and his his career has been kind of put on hold. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, especially this being the second time. Uh, you kind of, in my opinion, see the writing on the wall, um, but you never know. Yeah, so I mean, wishing him all the best, and hopefully he doesn't have to go under the knife and have have the Tommy John. But only time will tell. Uh, mm-hmm. We'll keep you updated on his status throughout his rehab in uh, subsequent podcasts. Mm-hmm. Moving on to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Not ha- hasn't cracked the big leagues yet, but a uh, a large name that's been tearing the cover off the ball down in AAA, uh, dealing with a patellar tendon strain for in in the Blue Jays minor league system. This injury initially occurred on June 10th, and this was in the right knee. The team has estimated a r- roughly about a four-week return to play timetable. We're, we are recording this episode here on the 21st of June, so we're coming up on the two-week mark. Two-week mark here. Uh, there's been no formal update from the team at this time, so provided everything's going well, four weeks should be an accurate return to play timetable here for Guerrero. Drew, what was that last part? Cut out. Oh, I was just saying that the, the four-week return to play timetable should be adequate, provided he doesn't hit any setbacks. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're giving him more than enough time. I was kind of surprised when I saw that four-week uh, timeline, but you know, there's no rush to bring him up. Might as well make sure that he's a thousand percent before they bring him back. Yeah, and he's one of those names that we kind of discussed in previous podcasts. It's it's going to be cool to see him when he makes his his crack at the big leagues here because he's been absolutely destroying it down at AAA. So sure. we'll keep tabs on him as well. Moving on out to the West Coast to Dennis Santana, Drew with the Dodgers. What can you tell us about him? So he was called up early in June uh, due to the plethora of injuries for the Dodgers rotation. The uh, the Dodgers, they opted to do one of those outings where they used a bunch of relief pitchers. So he actually didn't start the game, uh, but he, he threw three and two-thirds inning. He gave up five runs, six hits, a um, couple walks here and there. He ended up leaving. Um, he didn't leave. Uh, I don't think he was injured, you know, per se. He was pulled from, as an injury, but later on it, it ended up revealing that he had some lat soreness decided to do an MRI um, revealing a torn lat rotator cuff strain it put him on the 60 day out um, excuse me 60 day DL um, I don't believe surgery uh, was scheduled or anything like that I think it's gonna uh, they're gonna wait and let it heal conservatively um, so based on that timeline uh, probably not going to see him till august or september and it's going to depend on the need for that rotation so if they've got guys that's still injured you might see him but the likelihood is he'll remain in triple a the rest of the year if you know if and when he gets healthy i mean it's really just been an unfortunate situation out there for the dodgers it seems like we're beating a dead horse here it seems like three episodes in a row talking about the the health of the dodgers rotation has has not been good Mm-hmm. Um, so it's another name out there in LA that that's gone down and, uh, hopefully we see him back this season, uh, and he gets healthy. Yeah. Heading out to the East coast and looking at Carson Smith here for the Boston Red Sox. He's dealing with a torn, uh, labrum in his, in his shoulder, his pitching shoulder. And it's kind of unfortunate how this injury occurred because it was self-inflicted. Uh, he was placed on the disabled list on May 15th and he had surgery to repair this torn labrum. 
on the 13th of June, so about a month after. He actually threw his glove in frustration after a poor outing um, on May 14th, which caused the injury. Uh, we're looking at it roughly a three to six month return to play timetable, which uh, would write off all of the rest of this season for him. He had appeared in 18 games. Uh, he had thrown 14 and a third innings and posted a 3.77 ERA. So he wasn't having a, a bad season, just a tough break. He, he lost his temper and has, has this self-inflicted injury. So he's, I'm, I'm sure he's kicking himself over this now because Boston's got a great team and now he's not going to be able to contribute. Yeah, unfortunately, we're going to be talking about another self-inflicted wound a little bit later. But now I have to talk about my guy, Miguel Cabrera, unfortunately. So the first baseman for the Tigers ruptured the left biceps tendon. Did you watch the, the replay or, or did you watch it happen, uh, Brandon? Yeah, I saw I saw the replay. I saw initially on Twitter, people were, were talking about it. And then you, you see him kind of take that swing and he follows through with that arm. And then he immediately grabs for that elbow. Mm. So you just knew uh, earlier in the year, he was out with some hamstring tightness. And while he was, uh, well, hamstring strain, excuse me, and while he was on the DL, we also heard a little bit of chatter revolving around that biceps. So I don't think that, uh, you know, well, I think that the the irritation back in early May probably contributed to the issue that we that we seen this early June. Um, so they opted for surgery. Uh, that was on the 12th of June. Surgery went was successful. Look for him to be ready a hundred percent by uh, spring training next year. He's you know he's going to be out for the season, obviously, but he should be good for next year. You know, it's just a brutal injury, especially a guy like Miguel Cabrera Drew. I'm I'm sure you know. I mean, he was he was the pinnacle of health for the bulk of his career, and it just seems these past couple of seasons he hasn't been able to stay away from the injury bug. Yeah, these past two definitely have been, uh, you know, pretty bad uh, in regards to the injury bug for him. You know, he, you know, last year was out for the, you know, well, he played through a lot of injuries, but you could tell that, you know, his back was bothering him, especially in the early part of the season after the, uh, I believe the World Baseball Classic, you know, something just wasn't right for him all last year, but he, he battled through it and battled through it. And this year he you know, decided to take his time with a hamstring and, you know, he caught a little slack for that. But, uh, you know, he comes back and seems to be all right in regards to the hamstring. And the next thing you know, the bicep goes. So you just feel for feel bad for the play, um, feel bad for McGill because he's such, you know, seems like he's such a good guy out there. Hey, he's a good guy. And I mean, you hate to see anybody get hurt, but you look at a guy like Cabrera, I, I think a surefire first ballot Hall of Famer with with the career numbers he's posted. So just unfortunate for him and for mm -hmm. your uh, Detroit Tigers that, that he's gone down and is, and is lost for the year. That's true, but we, you know, we got John Hicks, so, you know, he won't be uh, triple crown worthy, but he he might be okay there. <laughs> Moving on to uh, Mike Foldenevich, uh dealing with some triceps tightness down there for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, he was placed on the ten day disabled list on June sixteenth, which was retroactive to the thirteenth of June. Uh, the most recent update that the team has provided with that triceps tightness—that's the muscle there on the back of the upper arm—he threw a bullpen session on the sixteenth of June. Uh, they've got a target date for his return, potentially this Sunday, June 24th. The team hasn't provided any additional updates at this time. He seems to be progressing well through rehab. When you're dealing with a tricep injury, obviously that connects down at the elbow. Um, so, I mean, anytime we're dealing with an elbow of a pitcher, we kind of perk our ears up a little bit and pay a little bit more close attention. The team hasn't mentioned any any involvement of the UCL or any of that medial elbow stuff, but uh, Fulte down there for Atlanta seems to be progressing as expected. 
Looking out at Trevor Cahill in Oakland, Drew, Drew de- dealing with a strained Achilles. Have, have you seen any update on him? Not a whole lot. Uh, so injured June 9th. Basically, they're they're going conservative with this with just rest. Um, he's pitching very well this year with a 2.25 ERA. He's got a nice uh, strikeout to walk ratio, 41 to 9. Um, I would say look for him to be back in the next week or two. Might do uh, might do a little rehab start just to see how things go, but uh, you know I haven't heard a whole lot in regards to his rehab. Yeah, so I mean we I think we can assume here. Hopefully, no 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 news is good news here for uh, yeah, for Cahill out in Oakland. Staying out in the Bay Area, Evan Longoria for the San Francisco Giants is dealing with a fifth metacarpal fracture. Uh, he was hit by a pitch on the hand and did require surgery to uh, address the fracture this more than likely means that there's some sort of shifting to the break and it needed to be kind of reset and kind of put back in place with with screws and plates we're looking at approximately a six to eight week return to play timetable now uh, the surgery was on the the 19th of june so we're looking at a beginning to mid-august return for longoria uh if you've ever heard of a, a boxer's fracture for somebody who's punched a wall uh, this is that fifth metacarpal, same type injury. Obviously, he didn't punch a wall or anything, but struck on the pitch by the hand, an unfortunate blowout there for the San Francisco Giants. We're just going to stay right out in California with this next one, Drew, talking about Zach Cozart. Yeah, that sounds pretty nice, California. But anyway, uh, Zach Cozart, yeah, uh, for the Angels. He uh, was injured June uh, 13th, uh, injured to the shoulder, diving for a ball. Um, they ended up uh, diagnosing it as a left shoulder subluxation, so not quite the full dislocation. Um, they put him on the ten day DL. Um, so you kind of, when you think about subluxion, you you worry about potential for torn labrum. MRI did not reveal that, so um, look for him to probably be ready in the next week or two. Uh, he hadn't been playing well. Uh, to start this season. So they, they might do a little rehab stint, uh, but we'll have to kind of stay tuned for that. Yeah. D- uh, just another tough blow there for a guy with the shoulder. I mean, I, I I've dealt with a shoulder dislocation myself, the, the, the full, the full bit there and it, it's mm-hmm. no fun. So the, the subluxation I can definitely feel for Cozart there. Uh, he'll work through his rehab, working on that kind of that st- stability and strength of that shoulder to get him, uh, ready to go and yeah, hopefully he, he's, he's back before too long you just worry about a you know reoccurrence with this we talked about very briefly i believe brandon mccarthy for the uh atlanta braves the pitcher he has dealt with you know numerous subluxions so um yeah it's just kind of the thing that he's gonna have to continually probably uh keep an eye on you know, you mentioned, I mean, you mentioned the labrum. I mean, you're also potentially at risk for damage to that glenoid rim and even the head of that humerus. So mm-hmm. a lot of factors that come into play here. So not something mm-hmm. that should be taken lightly and should be addressed swiftly and pretty quickly here. Mm-hmm. Looking at Jorge Soler for the Kansas City Royals, he's dealing with a first metatarsal fracture in his foot. He stumbled out of the batter's box which caused the injury on June 16th, and he was then placed on the disabled list the following day. That was June 17th. Uh, they're expecting him to be out a minimum of six weeks. There's been no indication that he's needed surgery, so I think it's safe to assume that he hasn't had any shifting of the bones in his feet as a result of, of the break, uh, that first metatarsal being that bone that's kind of in the foot in line with the first toe. 
he was having a decent year so far, Drew. He was batting 265 with nine dingers and, and 28 RBIs. So a tough blow out there for the Royals. But uh, as long as everything goes well and he doesn't need surgery, he should be back here before too long. Definitely. <clears throat> so, Drew, you got a chance to chat about uh, somebody who's near and dear to your heart and Miguel Cabrera for the Tigers. And now I'm going to do the same here with Carlos Carrasco. Now, this was a game over the weekend against the Twins. This was actually on Saturday. And he took a line drive off the bat of Joe Maurer and hit him on the, on the pitching elbow. And he just he just has really had a knack for getting hit by line drives the past four years or so. Because in the past four seasons, he's been struck by now. This is the third time he's been hit uh, by a ball. Uh, this one was in the elbow. He got hit in the head a couple years ago. And then I believe took another one off the leg or off the knee. So he just, I don't know if he's allergic to line drives or what, but. Good, well, for, good you know, fortunate that. They've, he hasn't been, you know, hit in the head by one of these guys. Yeah, so, I mean, fortunately, this one was in the elbow. Uh, again, this was on the 16th. He received an x-ray, which was negative for fracture, and an MRI, which was also negative for any kind of extensive soft tissue damage. So he's essentially here dealing with that right elbow contusion. He was placed on the 10-day disabled list on the 17th, um, and he's expected to go through his rehab and be activated from – the, the the disabled list after he completes his rehab provided he doesn't hit any setbacks so an unfortunate blow for Carrasco but he, he just always seems to be getting hit by line drives so anytime uh, an opponent against the Indians wants to stop hitting Carlos Carrasco with line drives we would be we would more than appreciate it <laughs> looking here at Hunter Strickland Drew what can you tell us about his broken hand so we were kind of hinting at this earlier um, self-inflicted wound here so he uh, he was frustrated after blowing a save, punched a wall, broke his hand. Uh, you just feel for the guy because he was off to a really nice start this season, closing, um, well, unexpectedly ended up being the closer for the San Francisco Giants after Mark Mellican didn't seem to rehab very well with that uh, uh, a forearm release procedure. But anyway, uh, Hunter Strickland's going to be out for about six to eight weeks. Uh, so we're looking at, the the combination of Tony Watson, Sam Dyson, Mark Melikon, uh potentially coming back to uh, compete for the closer role for the Giants. So uh, if we do the math, we're looking at sometime in August for his return. So kind of have to keep an eye on uh, on that timeline for that. Andrew, did you say that he needs surgery? You know, I don't think he did. Um, let me just double check that. All right. I think they're they're uh, they're going conservative with this. Yeah, I mean that would certainly be good news and, and bode well there for the Giants because anytime we're dealing with a surgical procedure that could potentially prolong the healing time, especially because you've got some sort of bone that has been shifted, uh, which usually is is the indication for surgery there. Yeah, it looks like no surgery, so uh, it's probably a stable fracture here. That's good news there for Strickland. Strickland, obviously bad news that he punched a wall and broke his hand, but what can you do? Um, looking here at our our injury review, reviewing injuries from previous episodes, we're going to go back out to L.A. and rehash things here for Clayton Kershaw, dealing with a low back strain. Most recently, he pitched a three-inning simulated game on June 18th, and he is scheduled for a rehab start on the 23rd of June. So two days from now, that would be... Uh, Saturday, he's scheduled to go out on rehab. So a guy that dealt with that biceps issue to begin the year, and now he's dealt with this low back issue, hoping that all goes well here in the AAA rehab start. I, I would imagine he'll make one or two of these rehab starts before being activated. But everything seems to be progressing well here for Kershaw. When we're looking at another flamethrower here, 
back out east, Noah Syndergaard for the New York Mets has been dealing with a little bit of a mingle middle finger issue. Yeah, not a good problem to have, you know, when you're a pitcher, to say the least. But uh, dealing with the sprained ligament, he's been dealing with this for about three weeks. We talked about him last time, potentially for that, uh, you know, Sunday showdown with the Yankees. Ended up not making the start, obviously, due to some swelling and some irritation in that finger. Um, so just a quick little update here. Um, so he, he basically went on a, a throwing progression here um, through 75 feet the other day. Yesterday, he threw from 150, uh, excuse me, 120 feet um, prior to the game against the Rockies. He did make throws with tape on that finger. Um, uh, so, you know, maybe, uh, you know, just for some comfort right now. Uh, with that tape. So he expects to throw a bullpen session without the tape over the weekend. Um, and so the, uh, after taking Thursday, so he's going to take today off, going to throw the bullpen uh, tomorrow. And then if that goes well, he might join uh, the rotation probably sometime in early July. So I think they're going to be conservative since he's had kind of some, you know, a couple steps backwards with this rehab process. Yeah, it's just unfortunate. And we'll get, we'll get to this in our quick hit section, dealing with the the number of disabled list days and disabled list stints. But another team there with Syndergaard on on the New York Mets, that's really struggled with injuries thus far this season. Mm -hmm. Going back down to Atlanta, there was a scary injury a few weeks back to Ronald Acuna Jr., uh, where he kind of had that ACL sprain, that hyperextension knee type injury. It looked pretty pretty gruesome. And fortunately for for the Braves and Acuna, he dodged a bullet. He's been taking batting practice and running the bases at game speed as of late. Uh, they're anticipating a rehab assignment within the next week or so. Um, I, I kind of looked around on the internet and found um, some video of him running the bases, and, and he's looking good. He's he's running the bases. He's sliding. Everything's going at full speed. So I would anticipate a rehab assignment here before too long for Acuna. And good news, he is progressing well here for the Atlanta Braves. Good. Going to our last two injury reviews here, Drew, with Kevin Kiermeyer and Tommy Canley for the Rays and the Yankees, respectively. I'm going to let you take it away here to end our injury review. So with Kevin Kiermeyer, he was dealing with the uh, torn ligament and thumb. Uh, he had a nice little rehab stint going seven for 17. So that makes that a four twelve batting average in five games. Uh, he got called up for two games, batting lead off against Houston. Not exactly the, the easiest opponent to return to, um, thus showing an uh, 0 for nine with three strikeouts. So, you know, we talked about him earlier, uh, in a couple podcasts in regards to how poorly he, he started off in April. Um, the assumption is that that batting average is going to go up. I mean, it can only go up right now. So um, he's back playing. And then uh, you mentioned Tommy Canley, the uh, the pitcher for the Yanks. Um, he is going, He they optioned him down to AAA. Um, in five games, he had uh, just as many walks as strikeouts. So they want him to kind of fine-tune things down at the AAA level and until that control gets a bit better. Um, they'll bring him back up. Yeah, so two guys out here in the AL East who have made the return successfully from injury. Obviously, Canley down in, in AAA and Kiermaier back up at the big league level. So good news for them that they're back. Hopefully we don't have to discuss either of them uh, throughout the duration of the rest of the season due to injury. But both of those gentlemen have returned from their injuries. 
Moving on to the quick hit section, which we added just a couple episodes ago, we're going to take a quick rundown and look at the disabled list counter for this season. Coming in with the most disabled list days to date uh, to today, that's June 21st, the Washington Nationals have had a total of 766 days of players spent on the disabled list. So they've had a lot of injuries this year and a, and a lot of days of lost time here for their ball club. Right along with that, with the most disabled list stints total, it's actually a three-way tie between the Rangers, Mets, and Nationals all have had 18 disabled list placements so far this season. When we look at the least number of days on the opposite end of the spectrum, this has been the case really for the last few episodes. The Chicago Cubs are leading the way for the least number of stints and least number of days. They've only had seven disabled list placements this season, totaling 235 days. So really good news here for the Cubs that they haven't had too much trouble with the injury bug this year, but not so good news for the Nationals, Rangers, and Mets, Drew. Well, I mean... The Nats, they're they're doing well despite those injuries, and I think that while well, the Angels are hanging in there, but other than that, the Rangers are struggling, and the Mat the Mets have kind of dwindled as these injuries have piled up. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned the Nationals. Did you see uh, what recently came out about Juan Soto? Uh, in regards to the home run that he hit, yeah, the, the home run that was like technically hit before he made his major league debut. We probably will never see that again, but he is phenomenal. Yeah, and he's he's only 19 years old. I mean, you, you couple him out there with some of the guys they got in Harper and some of the other big names out there. And I mean, watch out for Washington. If if the Washington Capitals are any indication of the uh, the city of Washington D.C. getting off their their playoff schneid, then I mean, look out for the Nationals come the postseason. You know, the NL East is uh, young and, and talented with, especially the Braves, you know, uh, Acuna that you mentioned and Ozzy Albies and some of the pitchers down in uh, Atlanta. They, those should be fun. Should definitely be fun down the stretch, Drew. Let's, let's take a look here at our who's hot, who's not with our division leaders and our player leaders as well. So starting off with the division leaders out in the AL, we've got uh, the New York Yankees in the East. We've got the uh, <clears throat> Indians in the Central. We've got the Houston Astros out west, and then rounding out the wild card spots, we've got Boston, who's a game out of the e- one game out of the East, and we've got the Seattle Manor- Mariners, who are two games out of the West. If the playoffs ended today, uh, excuse me, regular season ended today. Uh, out in the NL, we've got the Braves sitting atop the East. We've got the Milwaukee Brewers out in the Central, and we've got the Arizona Diamondbacks out west. I will say the Dodgers have been steadily creeping up. Uh, they are one and a half games out. And then to round out the potential wild card teams, we've got the Cubs who are a half game out and the Nats who are three and a half out. So pretty tight across the board. I, I, you know, looking at the standings, Drew, I, I, the Braves have really been a pleasant surprise this year. I mean, a young team that really hadn't been doing too well the past couple of seasons, but you mentioned all that young talent out in the NL East. They've been a, certainly a pleasant surprise and are, are giving the Nationals certainly a run for their money. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's been crazy to see that. And, you know, earlier in the year, I was surprised with how the, how well the Mets did. And they've tapered off, like I mentioned. And then the the Braves have just been phenomenal with uh, you know that deep pitching staff that they've got and you know some of the young players that we talked about earlier uh, kind of rounding out that uh, lineup. But uh, to finish up here with the who's hot and who's not, uh, who is hot is Paul Goldschmidt. He's been batting four fifty three over the past two weeks, eight home runs, nineteen RBIs. He was off to like a horrendous start 
you know, batting under 200, but he has found his mojo and he's been killing it for the D-backs. Another guy um, out West is Trevor Story, the uh, shortstop for the Colorado Rockies. He's been batting 280, excuse me, 382 with five home runs, 15 RBIs. I'll have to look to see if most of those games have been at home. It'd be interesting to see uh, where those splits are at. And then lastly, uh, a young guy, Brandon Nimmo, the uh, the outfielder for the uh, New York Mets. He's been slashing 340, five home runs, four of those of which have been in the past week. And yeah. Then, go, ahead. go ahead. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, just, to, just to finish up with who's not hot, uh, we've got Jake Lamb, the third baseman for the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks. So he's got one guy who's hot for the D-backs and one guy who's not. Uh, Jake, he's been, you know, he dealt with uh, AC sprain at the beginning of the season along with some uh, elbow tendonitis inflammation. So you don't know if those are kind of playing a part and he just hasn't gotten in his groove yet. But um, he's been batting 180 uh, over the past two weeks. Uh, so. Once he starts getting, you know, getting cooking, the uh, Diamondbacks are going to be right still there probably with the Dodgers. And then we've got uh, moving to the AL for the last two, we've got Matt Olson for the Oakland Athletics. He had a little hot stretch and then he cooled right back down over his past 44 at bats. He's only had five hits, making that a batting average of 114 along with 16 strikeouts. And then to finish off um, is Edwin Encarnacion. He um, plays for your beloved Cleveland Indians, batting 108 over the past week. I will say um, he is part of my fantasy baseball team, so I do feel a little bad for you along with my team. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's been unfortunate for Encarnacion. It looked like for a period of time there that he was going to start heating up and then I mean, like you said, batting in the low 100s has not been ideal uh, in the heart of the Indians' batting order. To be fair, um, though, if I had to bet in the next two or three weeks when we do this podcast podcast again, I bet you he'll be in the hot list because June and July, he heats up. Yeah, he's usually pretty streaky. And like you said, Drew, June and July are kind of his months. One additional player that I, I want to add to your who's hot list, because I, I, I knew I saw a tweet about this the other day, is Mike Trout. He always he always seems to be hot, but I found this this stat here that MLB – dot uh, com put out on Twitter and it says extra spicy, extra spicy. Um, since June 11th, he's played eight games and only made eight outs in 37 plate experiences. He's reached base 29 times and he's slashing 696, 778, and 1.261 with four home runs and nine RBIs. So across the past 10 days, he's hitting 696. Uh, to be fair, though, his career has been pretty hot. So you know that's his norm i'd say <laughs> yeah i mean we, we could call it the norm we could even call it just call it the mike trout list from now on and since you know, he's always yeah. yeah we should do that so i, I think that's the route we're going to take is that we can call it the mike <laughs> trout list and we, we got to find a uh, a regular member of the cold list to, to name the cold list after as well cole calhoun yeah well let's do mike mike trout and cole calhoun list we can we can hey, roll with that. we'll just go with the angels Perfect. All right. With that, we're going to wrap up episode seven of the Fantasy Doctors Major League Baseball podcast. We'd like to thank each and every one of you for listening. Whether this is episode seven for you or episode one, we we love that you're consuming the Fantasy Doctors contents. Drew, I'm going to turn things over to you and let you offer any final thoughts. 
Another good podcast, I think. Uh, looking forward to this weekend. Go Tigers. Go Indians this weekend. Another fun podcast. I really think we're getting the hang of this, and, and hopefully the listeners agree. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, the Fantasy Doctors at the Fantasy DRS, myself at BL Bowers 12, and Drew at Drew Ingles. Ingles is spelled I N G E L S. Be sure to check out the Fantasy Doctors website, which is new and improved by our kind of owner and head head man, Jeff Spina. That's www.thefantasydoctors.com. And please be sure to review. Uh, this podcast and download us on iTunes for Dr. Physical Therapy, Drew Ingalls. I am Dr. Physical Therapy, Brandon Bowers. And for the Fantasy Doctors, we will talk to you next time.